Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and a hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Oh, I see a green button. Good morning. There you go. Good morning, Antioch Quincy. Uh, my name is Rob McGuirk. I'm a member of the hospitality team here. Uh, my wife, Leah, and I also help lead a life group in Quincy. Uh, that was a great moment for like a woo! But, uh, yeah, no, well, yeah, no, I feel like that was kind of forced now. But uh, if you're interested in either one of those two things, uh, Alex had mentioned it before. You can see Alex. You can see Danny. You can come talk to me after. Um, and I'd love to connect with you uh, about how to connect with this church, right? It's a church that uh, my wife and my family and I have been a part of for a while. Um, and I just love seeing more action in the church. I think that's how churches grow. So uh, stick around afterwards so we can, we can connect. As Danny had mentioned, we are um, in 1 Corinthians. And we just started. We're about three weeks in. So if you have not listened or if you've missed, you can always go back on the, the website and listen to the, the first two but I'd like to quickly just recap, because this is a letter that Paul wrote to a church that he planted, and he spent a lot of time there. Spent about 18 months uh, in Corinth, and uh, during that time, he was uh, preaching and teaching, and then he left, and it seems like things kind of went off the rails a little bit. He uh, is receiving some reports from Chloe's household that we heard about last week. Uh, we'll find out a little later that he's also responding to a letter that was written to him. So, so for Paul, this is a pastoral letter that he's writing, and as the letter moves on, he's going to address some of the divisions and maybe some of the behavioral recorrections that have to take place. But we're at the very beginning, where at first it started with some encouragement. Last week, we started to finally talk about the divisions within the church. Um, and this week, you know, we're going to take a little bit of a pivot, but uh, if you don't mind, so if you can put up the first slide, because I want to start with kind of like a recap of, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm also just wrapping up like a quick cold, so if I clear my throat a lot, I'm really sorry about that. Uh, but really quickly, this was from uh, last week's uh, message, and what you'll see here, just at the very, the very end of two, that's like the first one we're seeing here, two, um, they mention that, uh, actually, that's not the first slide. That's fine. Uh, we're going to go here then instead, where the message for the folks in Corinth was, this is Christ crucified is the foundation that, that we're going to keep our eyes on. That's the part that Paul was trying to get across, um, and he continues, and he talks about that, and he talks about that, like, it is the crucifixion. It is Jesus Christ. That cross is the simple gospel message, 
And it seems like the folks in Corinth kind of missed it, right? They've got the knowledge, right? There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. I, as I was preparing this, I thought back to this. Maybe you've heard this before, but, you know, like knowledge is understanding that a tomato is a fruit, but wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. It's that kind of understanding where you have to understand the difference between knowledge and, and wisdom. And at this point, it seems like they've got the knowledge base, but they're just missing something. And Paul wrapped up, uh, or at least started two with like God's power, and now he's going to pivot to the spiritual wisdom. And that's kind of where we're going to start here. So you can go to the next slide if you want. This is, this is where... Um, this is where we're going to pick up today, 2, uh, 6, if you have your, actually, I don't know why these are out. Can you go back one more? I apologize for that. We'll start right with here. This is uh, the part that I want to go with right at the beginning where uh, Paul says that we speak a message of wisdom, but not of this world, or in this case, of this age. I was hung up on this for, uh, this is sad to say, but like weeks, just kind of on this sentence of the idea of what is Paul talking about when he's writing to the folks of Corinth and he's saying, this is not the wisdom of this age? Because for me, when I first read it, I thought, well, this age could be talking about the break from God, all the way back in Genesis when Adam and Eve broke from the Lord. God bless you. And, uh, and I think that we can hold that there, but I also think that he's talking about the culture of the times in Corinth and remember, this is a metropolitan city. It's diverse in thought. It's full of philosophers. There's a lot of business that goes on there. Uh, all of this stuff is happening in Corinth, and it reminded me, and this is where I want to set our minds here too, we can make the connection, I think, with 21st century America. I think we can look at Corinth. We can kind of hold this age because it's transitory. You can use this example for Corinth and perhaps uh, today. So I'd ask you to hold those things uh, in mind because he sets up the contrast right away. He says, it's not the wisdom of the age, of this age. And he says instead, no, uh, what we declare is the wisdom of God. And he's setting up these, these two kind of contrasting wisdoms, which is really complicated. When you're talking about culture, to understand the culture of the times, we have to understand that culture seems to be forever changing. It's trendy. It's whatever the, the new kind of fad is, right? Whatever kind of comes in to, to, to the world that is just floating around. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think it's pervasive. I think it's, it can be intoxicating in the moment. What it reminds me of is I was prepping for this, and, and I've said before uh, from the pulpit, I'm, I'm kind of a visual learner. I like illustrations. And the other day I was thinking, how, how can I uh, think and, and describe how, how I'm viewing culture uh, when I'm saying that it's ever-moving and, 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 and shifting and constantly, like, unreliable and, and unstable. And I thought back, and, and here we are, going to talk about the 1994 classic Forrest Gump. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that movie. I, I think some people have. Three of you are nodding, so that's good. If you remember the first scene, the very first scene when the, they're introducing the movie and the names are kind of going up there, it's a feather. And the feather's just floating all around. And it takes a while, and you just watch a feather. And then, like, an exhaust pipe goes, and the feather shifts again. To me, that's worldly culture. It just goes where the wind blows, and it doesn't have any solid, resolute foundation. Contrast that with God's wisdom. 
from before the ages, God had set up a wisdom that was reliable, resolute, sturdy, firm. It's, it's our foundation. It's our foundation. I've talked before uh, from the pulpit, and I always throw in like what my message title would be. Um, I need to keep focus when I'm, when I'm kind of writing a sermon, and a message title always helps me. It also allows Danny to make fun of me for having message titles all the time that kind of have alliteration to them. And, and this one, when I was thinking about it and praying about it, I thought, it's our foundation, not a fad. That's my message for today. It's a foundation, not a fad. We need to keep our eyes on the cross. We need to be tethered to the cross. The cross must be central to our everyday walk. And I think that's what the folks in Corinth were missing, that Paul was trying to nudge them in that direction. He's going to rebuke them in a little bit throughout the, throughout the letter, but in this moment, I think he's just reminding them, this, this is your foundation. Because remember, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is a firm foundation. I'm going to say that one more time so I can get a good amen. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Terrific. And that is the foundation that we hold. And I think that Paul is trying to encourage the folks in Corinth. You can go to the, the next slide if, if you can. I don't know now if they're in order. but um, <clears throat> So here we go. He continues and he says, this is a wisdom that the rulers of the age, they couldn't understand it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. This is what the scriptures mean when they say, and this is from the New Living, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. What he's saying here is we can't just rely all the time on our senses for understanding. It's beyond the bound of our understanding. Now, uh, quick side note here, and maybe a disclaimer, I'm not preaching anything that's anti-senses. Uh, because if you, if you know and you've read your Bible, the creation shows, uh, or the, I'm sorry, the Bible teaches us that the world we experience and we observe testify to God's glory. We see it in Romans, we see it again in Psalms, it is testifying to God's glory. So that's not what I'm preaching here. I'm not preaching that we just ignore our senses. A matter of fact, I would imagine that we have seen God's glory a thousand times when, in, in our walk with the Lord. If you've been there and you've walked through like a starry night and you looked up and just you're amazed at what you're seeing. My family and I took a cross-country trip a couple years ago uh, while I was on sabbatical and we got to stand at the, at, uh, the Grand Canyon for sunrise and it is it's indescribable it really is it's it's just one of those things that people always say oh like you should you should it's, it's this it's that you should take a picture it's you cannot feel it into, you can't understand it unless you experience it it's just this amazing indescribable that is god's work his masterpiece his craftsmanship all of that is there and yet that is what my study bible called the general revelation. You can look around and see a general revelation of God, but if you really want to fully understand the significance of it all, it requires special revelation, which is possible only through the Holy Spirit revealing it to you. The good news, though, friends, is that God revealed it. He, did it. You, he revealed it through his Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is our guide, is our comfort, enlightens us and allows us to go deeper with God. You can go to the next slide because Paul's going to continue to what I would consider, in my mind, kind of the meat of the message. This is what I spent most of my time when I was preparing for this message, is that we now have the access and the ability to hear and respond to the gospel through the illumination of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Another translation says the depth of God. Again, I got hung up on that for a little while. I got really excited about that because I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. I want to connect. I want to know the depth of my Lord and Savior. And then I was wondering, well, how is that possible? Like, I, that was a question I had in my mind. And then I kept reading here and I see that, well, there seems to be a relationship, and we know this, of course, of the Holy Spirit and God, and somehow there's a connection between the Holy Spirit and us. And I thought about this for a really long time. I really wanted to know how to illustrate appropriately this connection. So I was blessed to talk to a few folks in this church. I'm not going to throw any names out there, Josh, Alex, and Danny. And we all sat together, and I said, I really, I'm struggling with this, and I'm wondering if I can use this illustration. And I got like a hesitant, like, head nod, so I'm going to go with it. I think that counts. I think that counts. That's a yes. And, um, and if you have any concerns about the illustration, you can uh, email Danny uh, or, or Alex for that matter. But this is what I was thinking about. How can, how can we really and fully understand the connecting piece of God, Holy Spirit, and us? Now, many of you know this. I've said this before. So I'm a, his, uh, I'm a historian by training. So I had to pick a historical example, right? And I'm sure that uh, four of you will appreciate it. So back in 1985, a team uh, with, uh, I don't know how many there were, maybe 20, 30, with brand new technology, left the northern part of the United States to go to the North Atlantic part of the ocean in search of a treasured ship. You know, you know this ship. You've heard about it before. It was 73 years before that where a ship left England an unsinkable ship left England to New York, and somewhere in their journey, a couple hours in, they struck an iceberg. And within two hours, it sank to the depths of the ocean, about 12,500 feet. And I as I was reading this and thinking about this, I thought there's no human being who could just put on scuba gear or like goggles and just go down and experience the wreckage. It can't be done. So in 1985, this team got together and said, we've, we've figured this out, and they dropped this Argo machine, this robot, and they dropped it to the depths of the ocean floor, and it was able to navigate the ocean floor. It was able to have a relationship with the floor, with the surroundings. It was able to climb through the ship wreckage. It was able to take pictures, send images, collect data, analyze it, and send it to the control room of the ship on the surface. And to me, and I'm not trying to reduce the Holy Spirit, I'm trying to just give an illustration of the function of the Holy Spirit. It is transmitting and, uh, and enlightening and illuminating information from the relationship it has that we could not have without this connecting piece. 
right? This, this, is, what I'm, this is what I'm talking about. It's, it's the translator from the ocean floor, the depths of the ocean floor, so that we can now understand it at a different level. It's not adding anything. The Holy Spirit is not adding anything. It's just enlightening us. It is showing us the depths of God. And for me, when I heard that uh, a while back, that really struck with me, uh, stuck with me rather, because I really want to understand that connecting piece. I'm going to be honest with you. When I first started my walk with the Lord, the Holy Spirit was the part that I really struggled with. I, I went to Catholic school, so I had a pretty firm knowledge of Jesus Christ. Right? They, I, ta- I was taught that from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. We read the Bible. I, I knew of Jesus Christ, my Lord, and I knew of God, but that Holy Spirit was always one that I just I had a hard time with that one. And I can tell you this, if you're sitting here today and that's still something that trips you up, I get it, I understand that. But it is an amazing moment when you just allow the Holy Spirit to just flood over you. When you can just read the Bible and just say, Lord, I want you to show me things you have never shown me before. I want to feel that. I want to get those holy goosebumps. Right? Kelly was singing earlier today and I was sitting in the back, uh, you know, super nervous because I'm going to speak in front of people. And that's just what, that's how I roll. And just, I started to get these holy goosebumps. They started to come over and it was just, Holy Spirit, you are just in this space. I can feel it. And I know that you feel it. And just that is what Paul, I think, is letting the church of Corinth know is that you need to be open and receive that. You need to let that Holy Spirit navigate all of the wonders that God has for you and to show you, right, to show you. You can know about it, but it is different when you allow the Holy Spirit to just illuminate and to reveal it in your heart, to comfort you and to guide you. That, to me was kind of the meat of Paul's letter here, right, right in the middle of, of uh, 2, 10, and 11. But then I also read this commentary, and I really appreciate it. The commentary said, The Spirit helps believers know the full significance of the facts of Jesus and the desire to act on those facts. I don't think that people in Corinth didn't know about Jesus. Just like I don't think today people, I don't think I could find anyone who's like, oh, I've never heard of Jesus. But it's that, that other part, the part that goes deeper, the part to really understand the Lord. You can go, you can go to the next slide, uh, Sophie, if you want. There we go. So here we go. Paul continues and says, uh, the people who are not spiritual cannot receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. They can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. I don't think that Paul's saying that people don't understand the words. I I think it's clear people understand the language. They, They could probably define most of these words. They understand that. But I think that they the issue that Paul was having is that they just don't accept Jesus Christ, him crucified. That's the part that Corinth was facing. I think that's the part that a lot of people in today's society face. I think it's a a real challenge for people to understand that. And then if you go to the literal translation of that, it says natural man, which tells me that natural man is, uh, their behavior and their mindsets are governed by impulse. Remember the fads, right, of culture, that feather that's just floating. There's, There's nothing holding it down in a firm foundation 
And that's the encouragement, I think, that Paul's kind of nudging them to, is that let's, let's move away from that. We understand that uh, there might be some uh, people out there who, are, who have heard of Jesus, but don't accept him as the Savior who had died and then was resurrected. That's the part, that's the hang-up, I think, for some folks in Corinth. And I think that that could be a hang-up for some folks today. 15 says, Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. We have the access to understand the truth related to Christ because of the work of the Holy Spirit. This is how we should proceed as Christians in our everyday daily walk. The cross should be center for us, right? Keep the eye on the prize, kind of. The cross should be at the center of your daily walk at work, at a coffee shop, with friends, at home, as cultures swirling around us. I mean, if you really think about how culture, and that could be culture in Corinth, that could be culture today in 21st century America, Wherever we see culture, it's always, like I said before, ever shifting and moving. It's kind of like Paul has set up a contrast of the culture of the times versus the truth of the ages. The culture of the times is of this age. And the truth of the ages have been set long before for our glory. For our glory. So as Paul wraps up, 16. And you can go to the next slide. If, oh, there, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, thank you. We have the knowledge, and now we can understand how to receive the wisdom of the Lord. This information was revealed by the Holy Spirit, uh, and then the idea was kind of like, well, well, what's next? Right? I would imagine that if I was reading this letter in Corinth, I was thinking, you know, what's next? And Paul is kind of pushing them past the saying, listen, as people are entering Corinth, it's almost like you're saying, we're, we're going to graduate from this idea and we're going to move on to the next philosophy, the next idea, the next thing. And Paul's saying, no, that's not how that works. You're not moving past the cross. That's our center. That's our North Star. That's what we're, we're tethered to. We're not moving past it. We're digging in. We're going to get to know more and more. We're going to get deeper into the Word. We're going to draw closer to God. Now, how do we do that? How do we do that? We need intimate time with the Lord. That's how we need, right? How do we get, we have the mind of Christ, and we just need to know more and more and more. How do you do that? It's an intimate relationship. It's an intimate relationship that we have. And we just need to explore it. We need to open ourselves up to it. We need to be willing to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, Holy Spirit, as I am reading through your word, I need revelation. I need that special revelation. I need to dig deeper with you. I want to get to know you. So my question for our church today, like I think the question Paul was probably asking to Corinth is, do you know him? Not, do you know of him? There's a difference. Do you know him? And how do we know him? Well, we have it here. We have his wisdom. As, as Danny had mentioned a couple weeks ago, God is active. And I love the fact that earlier on, it said that God has prepared stuff for us and has revealed the Spirit for us. God is active. We have it. 
we can enjoy the illuminating work of the Holy Spirit as we walk our journey with the Lord. Amen. We get to enjoy that part. And to me, that's the part that I think Paul is nudging and reminding Corinth. And I would say that we need these reminders too. 21st century American Christians here in Quincy, we need that too. We need to know that we have access, we have the ability, we have the illumination of the Holy Spirit. We just need to be ready to receive it. I think that can be a barrier, right? We know that sometimes those barriers for the rulers of that age was like, well, I can't necessarily see it, so it can't be true. Or I'm not understanding the timing, right? God said, of the ages, not of this age. And I think timing can be a barrier. We have to humble ourselves to God's timing, right? It's God's timing. It's God's plan. It was predestined before we got here. And again, it was for our glory. That, I think, should be what we hold on to. So how are we going to reflect on this today? My question to you is, do you need to allow more room for the Holy Spirit in your life? A couple series ago, Danny had preached, he had uh, said this, and it really stuck with me. And it's, it stuck with me, I don't remember, uh, so clearly it stuck well. I don't remember when it was preached, but I remember it was preached in a series that prayer is an invitation to join the conversation of the Trinity. Prayer is that opportunity. So here's what I'd like for us to do this morning in response. And Kelly, you can come up if you'd like. Not if you'd like. Kelly, I'd love for you to come up. That'd be great. Thank you. Uh, I would love for us to take this time of reflection to pray this morning, and whether it's alone, maybe with somebody next to you, if you feel comfortable to do that, to receive God's wisdom. I feel like as I was sitting in the back and I was planning these notes and I was writing and I was scribbling and I still can't read some of them and I was... I just felt that there's something in this room that there are people who need prayer about. Like we need to pray and have the Holy Spirit reveal more of God's glory to us. And and I think that also allows us the confidence to then share it out. And I think that's the important part that sometimes we miss and I have a feeling that in Corinth that was also missing. So uh, as Kelly Uh, place for us here. I just ask that uh, we pray this morning uh, for God's wisdom.